Ladies, gentlemen, this is the Greatest Asset Community Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Middlebrooks, and in this episode, we are going to be talking about the secondary mortgage market and mortgage-backed securities. So after you get a mortgage to purchase a home, there's other things that happen with that mortgage and understanding some of the things that happen with that mortgage after you have closed on your home will help give you a broader understanding of economics, how the whole process works, as well as some of the factors that go into what we're seeing with interest rates right now with high interest rates, low interest rates and everything. So I think it's good to just have a bigger understanding of the complete picture and what's in play uh, outside of just us getting money from a lender to purchase a home and getting a mortgage uh, in exchange for that. So let's jump right into it. When you want to purchase a home, you go to a lender and that lender takes a look at your credit, your income, your debt, and they make a determination that you qualify for the home that you're wanting to purchase, and they give you the money to purchase a home. In exchange, you give that lender a mortgage, and that mortgage is attached to a promissory note. That promissory note has all of the stipulations for the repayment of that loan, how much you owe, what the monthly payments are, the interest rate, all of that information is on that promissory note. And that mortgage gives the lender the right to foreclose on your home if you stop making payments on that loan. So lenders have a certain amount of money that they can loan out. They don't have a bottomless well of money available to them. So lenders need a way to get more money so that they can make more loans to people who want to purchase homes. Lenders make their money off of origination fees, not off of holding on to your mortgage for the next 30 years or however long you're going to be keeping that particular mortgage. So what lenders do is they take the mortgage that you have given them and they sell that in what's called the secondary mortgage market. So most mortgages get sold in the secondary mortgage market. Don't be surprised or alarmed if your mortgage does get sold in the secondary mortgage market because whoever it gets sold to, that individual or entity cannot change any of the things that are within that mortgage. They can't change your interest rate. They can't change your monthly payments. They can't change any of the criteria or anything that has already been agreed upon when that mortgage was originated. So they just take the mortgage and now they get the principal and interest payments from that. So what that lender does, uh, getting back to our story here, that lender takes the mortgage and they sell it in the secondary mortgage market. Now I'm gonna use Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac as examples because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are two of the largest players in the secondary mortgage market. So that mortgage gets sold to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac pay that lender money for that mortgage. So the lender now has money and the lender can go and loan out more money to individuals who are looking to purchase homes. And that's how the lender continues to get the money that it needs to operate its business. It loans out money and it gets a mortgage in return. It takes that mortgage, sells it to Fannie Mae or sells it to Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac pay that lender for the mortgage and that lender can continue to make more loans. Now, what happens when that mortgage gets to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Well, once it's at Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, this is what's called the secondary mortgage market. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac did not originate that mortgage. They did not give you the money to purchase the home. They bought the mortgage after it was already originated. And so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac operate in the secondary mortgage market. 
And so what happens to that mortgage after it gets to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac is that they take that mortgage along with a bunch of other mortgages that they purchase from lenders all over the country and they package them into what's called a mortgage-backed security. Those mortgage-backed securities can be invested in by investors who are looking to earn a yield or a return on their investment. So you have investors out there who, let's say they have however much money, might be a million dollars, might be a billion, might just be a few thousand dollars, but they wanna invest that money and earn a return on their investment. Mortgage-backed securities is one of many investment options that they have. You can invest in bonds, you can invest in stocks, you can invest in mutual funds, ETFs, index funds. There's a lot of different investments out there. Mortgage-backed securities are just one of them. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac take those mortgages that they get from lenders all across the country and they package them into mortgage-backed securities so that investors can invest money in purchasing those mortgage-backed securities. So when you now make your mortgage payment, the interest that is that you pay off of that mortgage payment goes toward to those investors as them earning their yield from purchasing your mortgage-backed securities. So that's how the flow really works. The money that the investors invest into purchasing these mortgage-backed securities is how Fannie Mae gets money. And that money goes back out to pay lenders for more mortgages. And then that money goes to Fannie Mae to package into more, more mortgage-backed securities. And again, investors invest money into those mortgage-backed securities. Fannie Mae takes that money. They purchase more mortgages. And that cycle in the secondary mortgage market continues. Now, I want to pause right here and say that this is a very complex economic system that I am doing my best to simplify for you because there are actually a lot of factors at play a lot of gears that are turning to make this whole thing happen. And there's a lot of things that are affecting prices of mortgage-backed securities and, and interest rates and investors willing to purchase at certain part. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this, but I am simplifying it down to its bare bones, if you will, so that you can understand the concept of what's happening when you originate that mortgage with the lender. You originate the mortgage with the lender. The lender takes that mortgage, sells it to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac take that mortgage, package it into a mortgage-backed security. Investors, whether it be hedge funds, corporations, individuals, whoever, investors invest in mortgage-backed securities, which get, puts money back into Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uses that money to purchase mortgages from the lender and that is the secondary mortgage market and how that works. So how does interest rates, how do interest rates factor into this whole equation? To give a clearer picture of how interest rates factor into everything, we have to look at the bond market. So if you look at mortgage-backed securities, uh, we like to correlate them to the bond market. So Mortgage-backed securities typically follow the 10-year treasury yield or the 10-year treasury bond. And so with the bond market 
as the bonds go up, mortgage-backed securities tend to go up as well in price or in yield. And as mortgage-backed securities and or bonds go up, interest rates tend to go lower. This is called an inverse relationship. So bonds going up, interest rates tend to come down. When bond prices go down, interest rates tend to go higher. So that is typically the inverse relationship that you see with bonds and mortgage-backed securities when it comes to interest rates. Now, when it comes to investors buying mortgage-backed securities, what would make a bond price go up or down? At its simplest form, supply and demand. There's a certain amount of mortgage-backed securities out there to invest in. That's the supply. The demand is how many investors out there have an appetite for wanting to purchase mortgage-backed securities. That's the demand. So if there's a lot of investors that want to purchase mortgage-backed securities, it drives the price of mortgage-backed securities up, which in turn drives interest rates down. If you don't have many investors that want to purchase mortgage-backed securities, then the price of mortgage-backed securities tends to go down, thereby driving the interest rates up, the interest rates that you would pay for you know, a house, thereby driving those interest rates up. So this is a lot of what you're seeing right now in the market is that we have interest rates that are floating around 8% for homes. And you might be thinking, well, why would investors not want to purchase mortgage-backed securities when the interest rates are at 8%? They're going to be getting a lot more money in return for the yield on those interest rates. Well, to understand the decision-making behind that, you got to understand from an investor standpoint, they plan on keeping these mortgages or these mortgage-backed securities for at least we'll say two to three years for them to pay off. And they hope to keep them for like five to seven years to make it worth it to own these mortgage-backed securities. And the reason is because when people refinance their home or when they sell their home, that is what we call a payoff. So if you have an investor that invests in a mortgage-backed security, and let's say the home that's tied to that mortgage-backed security gets sold. Well, at the moment that it gets sold, that loan gets paid off and that investor no longer earns a yield or a rate of return on their investment because they've been paid off. You sold the house, so they got the rest of their money. They don't get an interest rate return anymore. Same thing happens if a homeowner refinances. If a homeowner were to refinance their home, then the moment they refinance, they pay off the old mortgage, which is the one that's being currently held at the 8% interest rate, and they get a new mortgage, which might be at a lower interest rate. Even if it's at the same interest rate, a refinance still pays off the old mortgage and the homeowner is issued a new mortgage. So currently right now, interest rates have risen sharply. But a lot of investors are of the mindset that interest rates are going to come back down in the relatively near future, we'll say within a year or two. Well, 
a lot of times they keep these mortgage-backed securities for two years or maybe three years just for them to break even. So they want to keep them for five to seven years to make a profit on them. So if interest rates are currently floating around 8%, but in a year and a half from now or two years, interest rates drop to 6%, everyone who has an 8% interest rate right now is going to refinance into a 6% interest rate, which means that these investors are only going to be holding those mortgage-backed securities for about a year and a half, two years until those homeowners refinance into a lower rate. At that point, their mortgages get paid off and they're no longer earning 8% interest because the remaining balance of what they were owed has been paid off completely. And so that's a large part of what is coming into consideration when people are looking at, when investors rather, are looking at purchasing mortgage-backed securities, the price that they're willing to purchase mortgage-backed securities at, and why a lot of investors aren't wanting to purchase mortgage-backed securities right now, why there's not a huge demand for them. And it's because interest rates are so high and investors don't believe they're going to stay that high for very long, very long, meaning, you know, within a year or two, they think that interest rates are going to drop back down. And so with that, you if you, would you rather get 8% for two years, or would you rather get, let's say, 6% for the next seven years? 6% over seven years is going to pay you a lot more money than 8% over two years. And so if you think about it from that standpoint, investors don't want to, aren't chopping at the bit, so to speak, to purchase mortgage-backed securities at 8% right now when they think that interest rates are going to be going down to let's say 6% in about a year or two. And so because of that, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, obviously they want investors to purchase these mortgage-backed securities. And one way of trying to entice people to purchase your product is to drop the price of the product. Well, like we said, with that inverse relationship, when the price of mortgage-backed securities drop, the interest rates go up. And so you get higher interest rates with lower prices. When you have a lot of demand, those prices start going up because you have a high demand for your product. So prices for those mortgage-backed securities start going up and interest rates start coming down. So it's an inverse relationship that you've seen all throughout this entire system uh, since it's been instituted between mortgage-backed securities and interest rates. So that's a little bit behind the scenes about how everything works with your mortgage once it's originated and getting sold into the secondary mortgage market, packaged into a mortgage-backed security, invested in and bought by investors, and how that affects the interest rates that we're seeing today, and potentially um, an indicator on what could be happening with the market, uh, the housing market, the real estate market, the, the mortgage industry. So just wanted to give you a little bit of background on the secondary mortgage market and mortgage-backed securities as a whole. So again, this is just a tip of the iceberg, a snapshot, if you will. There are a lot of factors at play here, but this was my, my best effort to 
simplify something that is very, very, very complex to a level that hopefully will allow you to understand at least a glimpse or a snapshot into how everything behind the scenes is working. It's important to understand that this is a business. When you go to purchase a home, a lot of times that is a very emotionally driven decision for many people. There are a lot of emotions in purchasing a home, where you're going to purchase the home, how much you're spending for the home, because this is your hard earned money that you're putting into this investment. There's a lot of emotion tied to that. So it's a very emotionally driven and oftentimes stressful decision when you go to purchase a home. However, understand that the mortgage industry, which allows people to be able to purchase real estate, is a business. And without the business side of it, there is no mortgage industry. So there is a business at play with the banks lending you money. It's not just out of the kindness of a lender's heart that they're giving you money. It's a business because they want the mortgage and that mortgage has value. That sheet of paper that says that you owe us this amount of money at this interest rate over this many years has value. That paper can be sold into Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac packaged into mortgage-backed securities. There are investors that want to invest in that. And as long as people are making their mortgage payments, the system flows and you can see money flowing into the system, flowing through the system back to home buyers who want to purchase homes. But if we end up in a situation like 2008, for example, where we had a lot of mortgages or loans being made to individuals who did not qualify to make the monthly payments, then what we had was a whole lot of foreclosures happening. So when you have a whole lot of people not paying their mortgages and that results in a lot of foreclosures, now all of that money that normally would be principal and interest payments going to investors of these mortgage-backed securities now that money's not flowing to those investors. So what are those investors doing? They're pulling their money out of mortgage-backed securities. Well, what does that do to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? Now they don't have the money that they need to continue purchasing mortgages from the lenders. So what does that do to the lenders? Now the lenders don't have the money that they need to loan to home buyers who are looking to purchase homes. So the whole system collapses on itself and that's a simplified version of what happened in 2008 with the real estate crash, the economic crash, the great recession, if you will, of 2008 was that there were a lot of mortgages that were made, a lot of individuals who should have never had the mortgages because they didn't actually qualify to make the payments. Again, there were different lending criteria in place then. It was more of the wild, wild west, if you will, because after 2008, there were a lot of entities stood up by the federal government to ensure that we didn't have that issue come into play again. But that's a little bit about how 2008 happened, was that a lot of homes on the market and individuals were not making their monthly payments because they could not afford those monthly payments. And so the system itself is built to sustain a certain number of delinquent mortgages or foreclosures. But in 2008, that that threshold was far exceeded and that caused a collapse of the entire system, essentially, where 
money wasn't coming in from people making their their mortgage payments so investors pulled their money out fannie and freddie mac didn't have money to buy mortgages and the banks didn't have money to lend out anymore and everything just fell in on itself so uh, that's a little bit of the uh, background, if you will, about what happens with the mortgage after it's originated. So when you do purchase a home, it is a very high possibility that your mortgage can be sold and will be sold at some point. I've had uh, one of my mortgages sold more than once, so it can be sold multiple times, but there is a possibility that that mortgage can and will be sold and when it is sold um, now you understand a little bit more about what happens to that mortgage uh, the process that is going through but you can also have a little bit of peace of mind about the fact that nothing with your loan uh, criteria is going to change that all stays the same so that's all I have for you. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully this has been beneficial and you've learned a little bit about the mortgage industry, the secondary mortgage market, interest rates, and how a little bit of all of this is connected and comes together in this greater economic structure that is currently spinning right now and trying to get it back under control with uh, the Federal Reserve raising rates and everything like that. So, um, Hopefully you understand a little bit more about just the industry as a whole, at least a snapshot into this, again, simplified explanation that I've given. Uh, but as always, I would love for you to share this podcast with your friends, share it with your family, share it with anyone that you believe would be interested in just learning and growing more in their knowledge of real estate and mortgages as well. And uh, you can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at GA Loan Officer. Again, that's at GA Loan Officer, Greatest Asset Loan Officer. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. I'm Frederick Middlebrooks on LinkedIn. So I love educating, love just teaching people and helping people along their home ownership journey. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for blessing me with your time and just tuning in. And I wish you the best. Look forward to seeing you in the next episode.